You're good, man. We have MMA fight right. coverage with Anthony Smith. What's going on? Oh, nothing, man. Just uh, hanging out. We are uh, about to get into uh, the last week before the fight, so kind of uh, hell week is coming up. So do you start cutting weight now, or you usually do like a that week of a fight? How does that weight cutting usually work? Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, we'll see how it comes off over the weekend. Um, uh, I've been a little bit heavier probably the last, I don't know, probably the last six months. I really, Well, probably eight months I've been really working on trying to put on some size and, and get a little larger for some of these guys that are at the top of the division. So um, I'm still like 225, so we're going to make some adjustments to my diet a little bit uh, this week. I'd like to show up. I don't know. I'd be fine with showing up at 225 the week of the fight. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good either way. But we're going to adjust it a little bit, lean it out a little bit. We're going to – we'll salt load and water load a little bit. So we'll see what it looks like this week. Well, I mean, not only are you the number five lightweight contender in the world, I personally think you are one of the best damn analysts I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. I want to talk to you. And if you put your analyst hat on and you look at the light heavyweight division, you got a big fight coming up with Ankalev, right? Where does I mean, where do you see yourself? I mean, Paraska's asking for a rematch with Glover. Of course he's right? asking for. Of course he's asking for a rematch. Where does that Glo suit you? I love Glover. I, I I love Glover to death, and you guys will never find a clip out there of me ever saying anything negative about Glover. But if your name is Yuri Prohaska and you're standing across from me, Magomed Ankalaev, and Glover to share who you choose him. Uh, I think I think it just comes down to, to to that basic fact. That's not putting Glover down. It's it's you you want to fight the monster that you know. You know what I mean? He already knows what Glover brings to the table. He's already been in there with him for almost 25 minutes. Um, you know, just a few seconds shy, I suppose, of 25 minutes. Um, and 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 at the end of the day, I, I don't think Glover would be upset for me to say that he, you know, he's aging, he's getting to the end of his career. Um, I think for the first time in, in Glover's career. Uh, I think he looked old. I think that his age showed a little bit. Now, whether that's a weight cut issue, I, I did hear. I, Glover's never going to give you any excuses. Um, but sometimes reasons do happen. And so I did I did hear through the grapevine that he had a pretty bad weight cut. The, there was a big time change. There, people are jet lagged. You know, A lot of those things factor in. But the Glover to share that I've seen fight Yuri Prohaska is not the Glover I got. It's not who Tiago Santos got. It's not who Jan Blachowicz got. Um, so I, I I don't think that that fight looks the same a second time. But if you're the champion and and you're looking at pay-per-view dollars and you're looking at uh, opponents, Glover to share is probably the smart decision. That's probably who I would pick as well. I mean, but you you know, say you, you go out here and, and you and you start Jangalev, you know, you submit him. You know, easy your first round, second round, whatever you do, right? You you get you make it look mm -hmm. easy. And he's asking for that rematch. I mean, do you feel like that puts you still like two fights away? I mean, no, no, no. It's title. Are you going to wait it out? It's it, if I go in there and I do exactly what I think I'm going to do. It's title shot or bust. It's I I I've I've done the heavy lifting in this division, and not, that's I'm not saying that I've beat all the top guys at the, at the top of the division. It's, but I fought the guys that nobody else wants to fight. Nobody wants to fucking fight Jimmy Crew. 
No one wants to fight Ryan Spann. No one wants to fight Devin Clark. And that's not because they're the most dangerous guys in the world or the best. Nobody wants to take those chances. So I've done exactly what the UFC says that they want people to do. You, you stub your toe in a title fight and you go on a, you go on a run, right? So then I, I had the Rackish thing happen. I had the Glover to share thing happen. So I went back down the rankings. I gave all those goddamn guys opportunities and proved that I'm as good as I say I am. And then I'm going to come back up and I'm going to knock off the boogeyman in the division that everyone's so goddamn afraid of. And I think that that's enough. That's what they want. They want guys to fight. They want, I fought, I fought all the up and comers. I fought all the older guys and fighting the guys in my own generation. They can't find anybody that can say I turned the fight down. It's never happened. So um, I'm, I'm not going to let the, you know, I, I joke around that there's, you know, these, these Eastern European guys are, are kind of bickering over who the baddest guy in Europe is. I don't give a fuck who the baddest guy in Europe is. <laughs> I'm trying to be the baddest guy on the planet. And and I think beating, beating Magomed Ankalaev uh, is enough to get me a title shot because no one else wants to fight him. No. I think you're right. I mean, and, and me personally, from where I sit, right, I feel the same way. I feel like if you do that, I if I was in your position, I would I would wait. I would wait those those two those contenders out, too, because you, what haven't you proved? Right, you. I mean, you. You look at your record. You fought everybody since the day, first day you stepped in the cage. Mm-hmm. You fought anybody and everybody at any time, and you always will. And look, you're smart enough to have another job on the side, right? So right. Well, and I'm, and I'm not getting any younger either. You know, the the yeah. week of the fight, I turned 34 uh, that Tuesday. So, like. At some point in time, that's that's part of the problem, right? I'll, I'll fight anybody, anytime, any place. But you start fighting that many times, you give yourself that many more opportunities to make mistakes or slip up or have a bad night or whatever. Like, after you beat Uncle Live, who else do I fight? Like, who like who do you want me to fight? You want me to fight Jan Blachowicz? Like, uh, like that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? He, he I, I'm not even – I like Jan, so I don't want this to sound like I'm talking shit. But – he was don't he was coming off a loss and I don't count the Rackage win. So like a win's a win, you get your paycheck, but like like are you gonna you're you're gonna pine for a title shot off of that? Like you were losing, you you lost the first round and you were on your way to lose the second round when he got injured. So like if Rackage was still competing right now, like if he wasn't injured and they said you gotta fight Rackage, cool. Like I get that. I can't argue that. Like, if that's the guy I got to go through, but there is no rackage. And Jan's barely coming off a win. Like, I don't know what, I don't know who else you want me to fight. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything, any, anybody out there that you, ha- that you have to fight either, right? I mean, it, it just gets tough, right? Because if, if they do run the rematch, right, mm-hmm. and Glover shows up and Glover beats Yuri, then they got to run the trilogy, right? Right, right. And then, which, and I, if, if they were to give Glover that rematch, I, I would be hard-pressed to bitch about it. Just because, like, that guy's – he's taking the hard road. And I'm, I've been on the hard road my whole career, so I get it. Like, if for some reason he can get that rematch, it's going to be tough for me to complain about it because I don't want to hurt Glover's feelings. And, and, and I, I, want the, I want a lot of good things to happen to that guy. Plus, it's kind of a cool Cinderella story if I get to go take the title from the guy that beat the shit out of me. Um, right. So – you know, I, I get that part of it, but you know, at the end of the day, I think that if they were going to book that rematch, I think they would have already done it. 
they're waiting on something, and I don't think it takes a genius to figure out what they're waiting on. I think they want to see how the Ankalaya fight goes with me, and then I think they'll make the decision after that. Yeah, I, I agree, too. And, you know, because I don't think you UFC can look better as Yuri Prohaska and Anthony Smith. Find a more fucking exciting fight than that. Two guys who don't give a fuck at all. Yeah. Wall to wall chaos. And that's why I want to fight him so bad. I, I love that guy's style. What do you, what, how do you think your style matches up with that? Uh, I'm best in the transitions. And Yuri Prohaska only fights in transitions. He's never really in. <laughs> He's never really in a position. He's never really he, – he's, he's very fluid. He, he, you know, he, he talks a lot about his martial arts mindset, and, um, and, and, and I, think that that's, I think that's the coolest thing about him is, is how martial arts-based he really is. And, like, he lives that shit for real. Um, but because he is kind of like water, he, he isn't really anywhere ever. You know what I mean? He's never in one place. So he doesn't have a style. He doesn't really have a direction he's headed. And that's where I'm the best. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a high level black belt, but my game and where I'm the strongest at is, is beating people in the gray areas. Like I live and die in the gray area. So, um, you know, if you look at all of my submissions, even in the UFC, most of them are kind of opportunistic. Like I, I, I just grab things in the middle and, and that's the way I've always been. I've, I've just always been able to really instinctually get to places. I'm not the guy that's going to shoot the takedown, pass your guard, get the side control, get to mount and hit the arm lock. That's not my style. Never has been. Um, so I, I think that because of that, it matches up really well. Respectfully, he makes a lot of mistakes on his feet. He, he gets hit a lot. Um, he's very, very free in his movement. He's not as defensively responsible as he probably needs to be at 205 pounds at the highest level. Um, and, and, and I'm, pretty fundamentally sound on my feet like I find shots really well um again I'm pretty instinctual so I don't I don't need the the one two leg kick striker to be able to you know parry the jab cover the two and and check the leg kick that I don't need to do that I just I just fight on my instincts and I I like that free flowy style I think it, it leaves a lot of opportunities for me to be successful Carlos um no, I can't think of anything right now uh, so when when you look at Ankalaev, right? I mean, he's he's been very successful at what he does, right? For sure. I mean, how do you, when you're going into that, have a mindset of? I mean, it, you're an analyst and all that stuff, so you see it. You've been watching mm -hmm. it. What what do you do differently, and what do you bring differently into that than his former opponents? Have? You know, as much as I want to break down the X's and the O's, it's not really what it's about. Um, he doesn't really do that much. And, and, and I, don't, I don't mean that in any negative, you know, sense. It's He's very basic. Um, he does his best work kind of walking people down on the outside of the octagon. He likes to keep people on the fence. He likes to dictate the range. Um, he's really lead hand heavy. Um, I would be shocked if he's actually left-handed. He is a southpaw. Um, but I would love to like see a video of him signing his posters because I would be shocked if he's actually left handed. Yeah, it's weird um, how certain right. certain coaches are like it, whether boxing where natural righty switch a lefty or vice versa. I think Tyson was a natural lefty, if I'm not mistaken. I, I have a, I actually have a few friends that are southpaws that are actually right handed. So um he he acts very much like them, 
Like he's very lead hand heavy with his with his jab. It's like a pawing jab, and he's got a really nice lead right hook. Um, you know, he funnels people to his left a lot uh, to land that straight too. He's got a decent head kick. Um, when he wants to wrestle, he does he does a pretty good job of getting takedowns. He doesn't do a lot once he gets them. He, he wants to more control. Um, it's really getting him outside of his comfort zone. Um, that slow, methodical kind of walk you down, paw at you, throw one hard shot here and there um, is where that's where he lives. That's that's his most comfortable place. And that's where he's the hardest to deal with. Um, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, guys. We don't actually think he's going to do that to me. Right. Like, <laughs> that's just not, you're going to walk me down. Yeah, right. Find one person that's walked me down for an entire fight. Uh, you won't find him. It's just never happened. So, um I'm going to have to, I say it all the time, but I'm, it's, it's 100% the truth. I'm going to fucking set that octagon on fire and I'm not going to be the first one to step out of it. The, the, he, it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be very uncomfortable for him. Um, you got to pressure a guy like that. And I, and I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm pulling the curtain back too far there. I don't think he's probably expecting anything any different. Um, I'm going to have to get his respect right away. Um, no slow starts. I'm not going to, you know, I, I think I have a bad habit of starting slow sometimes. I, I like to watch and download a little bit. Um, but it's a three-round fight. You know, I haven't had that many three-round fights, um, you know, in the last handful of years. So uh, we're going to have to get going right away and, and just pressure him and put the pace on him. And, and, and just I need to make him uncomfortable. And, and that's really what it's about. And this isn't a sparring match. And he, he likes fights to look like sparring matches. Uh, we're not friends. I don't know you. You don't know me. Um, I'm going to put my foot on the gas for 15 minutes. And remember, like, when I fought Glover to Sheriff, that's a three-round fight, I win. So that pace was too fast for five rounds. It's perfect for three. Um, so, you know, we're going we're gonna to up the pace a little bit. And uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if there's anybody in the world that, that can beat me. If, I, if I'm just allowed to put my foot on the gas and I don't have to conserve for two extra rounds, I don't think there's anybody in the world that can beat me in a three-round fight. You see any rhythm in his style, you know? Like I, I feel like when I watch him, I, I mm -hmm. see a little bit of rhythm in his footwork, right? I see a little bit of rhythm. He fights to like a song. It's like he's yeah. fighting to music in his head. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we got to disrupt that. We have to disrupt that. But fortunately for me, that's stuff that I do naturally anyways. Um just the the type of fighter that I am and the and the the pace and and like the the rhythm that I fight to is different than his and it's gonna disrupt it, we're gonna have like a we're gonna have this battle at the very beginning of uh, of not even of wills it's like whose game plan are we fighting to like what who's leading this dance if it's him it's gonna be a tough night for me if I allow him to do that and, and stick me on the fence and, and play this pawing game where we're going lead hand for lead hand, uh, it's going to be a, like a razor close split decision because we're both very lead hand heavy. We're both really, really good with our jabs. We both have really nasty lead hooks. Um, we have really nasty rear kicks. Um, so, so, like, I don't want to play a game of darts with him where it's like you throw one and I throw one and you throw one and I throw one. And at the end, we see who got closer. And then the judges throw their hands up and just flip a coin. You know, I, I don't want to play that game. But that's what will happen if I allow him to dictate the pace. It, it'll be this really razor, razor thin decision where no one actually is going to know who won. And the whole fucking crowd will be bored to death. 
and and I, I don't want to play that game. So I, I have to force him to fight my fight. Yeah, I mean, it, look, and you're good at it, right? I mean, if, if you talk about finding you, you talked about earlier finding those gray areas, right? You find mm -hmm. you find those little, little little gray areas in his timing, right? I mean, you find those little spots and disrupt mm -hmm. them and make him reset, right? Because when he resets, he has to back up. He has to start his. He has to start right. all over again. And if you can keep fighters, him to reset, most fighters don't like fighting in the gray area. They either want to be outside or they want to be inside. And uh, most fighters that you'll find hate the gray area. And that's, that's where I make my money. Like, that's my favorite place to be. Like, everyone wants this super structured, really pretty fight. And those fights, for me, are uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like, can I fight like that? Can I be on the outside and, and be super clean and technical? Of course I can. I've been doing this for, you know, 16 years. I can fight any way you need me to. Um, where I would rather fight? is in the gray area where shit's flying by your head and I'm throwing bombs back at you and it's 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 grimy and ugly and dirty and you know grabbing onto your head and ripping body shots and sweeping your feet and ripping out like that's where I want to fight and that is definitely not where he wants to fight no no you, and I think you look at a lot of European guys that's the way they are right I mean mm -hmm. a lot of the European guys they like to be that way you know, with the exception of Yuri, I mean, Yuri. I was just going to say that's why Yuri's yeah. so. That's why he's so special, and why he's done yeah. so well on the European scene, um, because he he's exactly like that. That's why it makes me so excited to to maybe potentially be in a fight with him, because we both like to fight like that. So, um, that's exciting for me. But you know, I I gotta focus on Magomed Ankalaev because as much as I can talk about where I can take advantage of him. Um, he is very, very good. And I don't want anyone to, to mistake that I don't think that. He is very good. If you let him lead, um, he can make your night very, very tough. You let him get a takedown and, and get position on you, uh, you're going to have a tough time getting off your back. Um, he's very reserved and, and very smart with where he puts his hands and his head these days, uh, especially since he got caught by Paul Craig. He's even more reserved since then. Um, so he's going to be tough if he ends up on top. He's going to be tough to deal with. So I can't throw around away, letting him get a tough get let him get a you know a tough position on me, because uh, I don't have enough I don't have enough rounds to to give one up. So, um, I, I I like his style as far as, you know, he's coached very very well. Um, he 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 doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He really doesn't. He's almost never out of position. Um, his hands are always in the right spot. His footwork is good. Uh, defensively, he's pretty goddamn good too. Like he, I, I can't tell you, I can't give you a gaping hole. I really can't. Um, you just have to. We just have to get him out of his comfort zone, and then we'll find one. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to it. I know that I've been looking forward to it since I heard about it. Since it Man, I can't wait. I can't I'll wait. Be, you know, I can't fucking wait. Because I, I've been and I know how I know how everyone looks at him. Like he's the boogeyman and, and, you know, I'm the big underdog and, and, and I don't really care so much about the underdog thing. It's a little bit weird to me, but um, it, I, I just know how the division looks at him and I know how the UFC feels about him. I know what people think his potential is. Um, so I'm looking forward to, you know, to showing people like I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still right here. I'm still at the top of the division. Um, you you can you can be a better striker. You can be a better wrestler. You can be a better jujitsu. I'm a better fucking fighter, and and we'll get in this fight and we'll go, and it'll be ugly and he won't like it, 
and and I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait for the Dallas crowd. They're gonna oh, yeah. go crazy. I I, I just I, I can't wait for this, man. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, I've, I've made some some big advancements in my training camp. You know, I I feel like I've really gotten better. My cardio's through the roof. Uh, I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm just excited to show it all. Well, look, I know we got to get out. He, Carlos, got to get out of here soon. And, I, you know, I don't want to keep you up too late. But I do want to ask you, you know, I, I I applaud you not just for you as a fighter, but I applaud you for the things that you do at, at, in a personal level, right, like as a person. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's so many people or fan, people that say they're fans of the sport that don't understand that. There's still people, right? Like, and, and and every person's got their goods and bads about them. But one of the things I admire the most about you is that you found another avenue in your life, and you've already seen the end of finding. Look, I'm super good at being an analyst. I'm super mm-hmm. good at it, right? And you found that avenue, and you're taking it, and so you already understand the purpose of what. Fighting is just a small part of your life, right? Like, I mean, right. let's be honest. Yeah. You got, you got, you got this much longer to, to you know, just, you have to provide for your family. And yeah, you I got, found a whole, it, I got a whole other life ahead of me when this is done. And, and, yeah. and like, you, part of, part of that is exciting. Out. Some of that's exciting for me. Like, this is all I've done since I was 17 years old. So, um, not that I'm looking forward to retirement, but I am looking forward to like, what life looks like when this whole fighting thing is done. Um, Cause I do, I have, I have a whole lifetime ahead of me. I have a, a whole nother career ahead of me. Um, you know, I'm excited to you know, like being a professional fighter at this level has its sacrifices. You know, like I have, I got four kids. Um, you know, I've, I've been traveling a lot this training camp. I work the desk a handful of times. So like train all week, travel to the event, come home for one day, go back to camp. Like, it's a lot of travel and a lot of missed opportunities with things with my family. So, like, you know, in this second career, there's going to be a lot less of those. Um, I joke around, you know, we have a, a, a nine-month-old baby uh, that likely is not going to know how fucking cool her dad was at once upon a time. You know what I mean? She's, <laughs> she's not going to uh, – she's not going to – at least she's not going to live it or experience it. You know what I mean? She'll hear about it or, you know, she'll see fights or whatever, and I'll, I'll still be working as an analyst. But, you know, like – my five-year-old she you know she's seen she's been at events and you know seen people stop me on the street so like at least she knows how cool I am but you know I'm excited for that you know I I got a I got a whole nother child I gotta raise in a second career so that 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 does excite me yeah well I applaud you for it man you know there's the short-sightedness in in life sometimes man when you see people and, and they get on these they get these platforms and they don't understand that they have to make the best of those platforms. And you've done it, and you will continue to do it. I know. I mean, yeah. I see you on thank the desk God, every thank time. Thank God! I see it. Thank God! Broadcasting found me because I can't do anything. Else. <laughs> Coach, maybe. Well, every time I see you on the desk, I'm excited because I know. Look, I know you're not. You're not going to shill me UFC bullshit. No, no, you know I'm scared. I'm not that guy. Like, there's some guys that everyone. Yeah, people got to realize that. Every analyst plays a position. It's it's like a reality show, and and it's it's not necessarily casted that way. Um, but there's a reason they put certain guys with certain guys. There's a reason the ESPN puts me with Dean Thomas. 
I'm I'm a little bit bland, a little bit, like because I'm such a nerd. I just nerd out on the details, like the footwork and the hand placement and and the, how the jabs match up and how this style matches here and how how this guy should deal with this and if what will happen if they don't do like I just nerd out. So Dean Thomas absolutely can do the same thing. He's a fantastic analyst, but he's also is a big huge personality. That's why they I, me and Chael have always worked so well together because I can just nerd out. I'm not the loud, boisterous, like, I can't sell you an event, but if you're already gonna watch it, I can make you fucking pumped to see okay. a fight that you probably didn't care about. Because I'll, I'll explain the details of why this matchup is interesting and how this style matches here and what this guy could do. Like, I can give you reasons to be excited about a fight that you're already gonna watch. Chael is the guy that's going to sell you on the whole event. He's going to give you the storyline. He's going to give you the feelings. He's going to make you feel something about the event. And then I'll, and I'll give you the, 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 the X's and the O's. It's the same thing when I work with Kiesa uh, for, on the fight nights. It's Kiesa or Alan Joban or Rashad. Or, all of those guys are bigger personalities than I am. So it, it, like, I, just, I know who I am as a person, and I know who I am as an analyst. Can I get you, you know, am I, am I going to be the guy that's on the desk going fucking crazy? That's just not my style. Like, that's not who I am. Because I'm so, like, in tune with the details that are happening in that moment. It's almost like I'm, I'm so deep I can't even get excited about it sometimes because I'm breaking it down as it happens. Um, but the, and the UFC knows that. that. Like, they know that that's my position. That's the position that I play. Um, so when I'm on the desk, you got to have someone that's probably uh, a big personality that's going to be exciting, and they're going to crack the jokes, and I'll crack jokes back and forth and have fun, but I'm not usually the one that's going to start it or be the big, huge, boisterous guy. Um, so that, you know, I think knowing – it's the same thing with fighting. Like, the quicker you find out who you actually are or you're at least honest with yourself when you look in the mirror, the better you're going to be. You know, like, in my mind, I would love – to be George St. Pierre. Like, I would love to be able to fight like that. Can I throw a jab like George? Probably. You know, can I kick like him? Maybe. Can I wrestle? Like, yeah, I can do all of the things George can do. Can, like, I can do all those things. But when you put it together in its package, George St. Pierre is the only one of his kind. So, like, in my head, that's who I want to be. So I can spend my whole career trying to be like George St. Pierre. Or I can just be honest with myself when I look in the mirror and realize I'm just a small town kid from Nebraska that learned how to do this extraordinary fucking job and I can fucking throw down and I'm as tough as they come and I break people. Like, is that the funnest way to fight? Not always. It's the most miserable way in the world to fight sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but I've been honest with myself. You know what I mean? That, that's who I am. And the, the, the quicker you figure out who you actually are and, and then you make the best of that, I think the better you're going to be. And it's the same thing on the desk. You know, if I, if I was trying to fake it and trying to be, you know, this loud and funny, you know, guy and being the promotional guy, that, that it wouldn't be genuine. And that's just not who I am. And you guys would figure it out pretty quick. So um, I do appreciate you guys commenting on the annual stuff because that shit is hard. <laughs> well, look, man, as an MMA nerd myself, dude, I, I, that's, what I, that's what I care about. You know, I, I could, I already know the, the screams and hollers. I tell you before Joe Rogan is going to scream when he's going to scream. Right. You know, I, I've heard but it. But that's why people love those guys. Like we, I do. We I need those guys. Too, right? 
We need those yeah, guys. We and, need them. And, the sport needs them. I, I'm not knocking them mm-hmm. at all for what they do. They do they do it and they do it the best in the world, right? But along with that, people like us who who've been around this, like me and and you and all been around and seen the sport since its inception, right? We need guys like you to be able to tell us the inside stuff maybe that even we don't know right so right it's it's very insightful and i appreciate it i know that much i, I you know i want I definitely wanted to tell you that because last time we talked we you know we didn't get into it too much but i wanted to make sure that i let you know that, that you're appreciated out there i appreciate that man thank you carlos well have a great day really appreciate you got anything guys. what's that you got anything before we go no Said it well. No. Covered it all. Okay. There we go. Thank you, sir. Have a great <laughs> well, day. Hey. We appreciate you taking it, taking time out of your busy training schedule. Yeah. What, what's with what's with the Boston hat? Come on, man. Well, you know, I got to pay some appreciation to some people. Hey, guess what, man? You're a Detroit Tiger. You're a Detroit Tigers fan. I'm going to meet Denny McLean tomorrow, dude. Oh, nice. Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's, that's royalty. That's, that's royalty, royalty there. That is royalty. I'll get you an autograph. I'll send it to you. Uh, if you oh. if you said Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker, <laughs> I might have passed <laughs> out. Would, would I? Would I? Would you have passed out if I said Cecil Fielder or oh, Cecil, you know, man. If I'd have said Ty Cobb, we all would have passed out because that means I'm going somewhere else, whether that's heaven <laughs> or hell. Who knows? <laughs> Probably hell. I actually have Tell a Ty Cobb. He owes me a hundred dollars. Yeah. Nobody wants have to that... the son of a bitch. That documentary on him, and it's it's pretty interesting. Like it goes opposite of how he's portrayed in that movie, and uh, and in the baseball documentary. You know how they pursue him as a racist, but this book is basically saying he's not. But it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Check he it was out. from the he was from the deep south. I mean, I'm just yeah. he was from the deep south in an era, and I'm I'm not going down that rabbit hole, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going down that rabbit hole, baby. But, but basically, his his parents were abolitionists, so like if it's really interesting, look it up though. It was it came out a couple years ago. I'm just going to say none of us were alive when Ty Cobb was. Exactly, exactly. I never met the damn man. I don't know how he was. We'll just go off of secondhand accounts. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I I love that. Jeremy owes me a hundred angel bucks. (laughs) (laughs) So I I popped on at the right time. You know, if Ty Cobb was alive, he probably would be an MMA fighter back in the pride days with the kicks and the spikes and everything else (laughs) like that. You know? But yeah, that's that's got to be a topic we got to have on uh, on a future broadcast, man. We got to talk about what professional athletes would have been well. good mixed martial artists back in the day, you know? Because I could see like Ty Cobb doing it. I, I I'm not going to say anymore because that'll give away the good shit, you know? That'll way give away the good shit. I mean, I think we could have some real savages. Shoot, dude, you know, you know. All them bad yeah. boys, all them bad boys would have probably been some nasty-ass MMA fighters, man. Bill Lambeer, and, you know, we're giving away good content, man. You guys will have to tune into a future broadcast if you want to know the good shit. Hey, man, I'm looking I'm looking at Dennis Rodman. What about oh, Yeah, Dennis I was about Rodman? to say that. Yep, I was about to say it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, the worm. The worm. That guy would have been, that guy would have been sauced up standing there throwing haymakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jose can Who say, no, oh, wait, Shaq? oh, wait. He tried it once. Jose Canseco tried MMA once. It didn't go too well for him. Never mind that. Forget I, I said that. If Jose would have came early, younger years and he would have trained for it, you know, instead of yeah. just. Jose was a. Yeah. Jose's Jose. <laughs> the less we say, the more. Exactly.
Well, that was a crazy yeah. fight against that. Uh, was that Hong Man Choi or is that his name? I forgot. Yeah, something like. Yeah, I think so. That seven seven foot one. Uh, no, seven foot four. I think or seven six. Seven, seven two or seven three. It's one of the guys that Bader dumped on his ass on his exactly. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I think Bader, Bader won teed him up good. Yeah. So but Jay Boshi, we got a big card coming up. Oh my God! Yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. I, I heard you guys were talking about my girl Lauren and Misha Tate coming up on Saturday. Man, that's going to be a barn burner because look, I got to tell you, Lauren, Lauren is fighting as well as she's fought her entire career. She has turned that corner. And look, I know Misha's our girl. Lauren's our girl though too, man. Lauren, it, 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 Misha, I don't know, man. I mean, Misha certainly has a takedown advantage. But I think Lauren's got it everywhere else. I think Lauren has the advantage in every other facet of the ball game. We'll see, though. We will absolutely see. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out because I, I think win for, if Lauren wins this, that is a feather in the cap of her career because she, she's been looking for that showcase win for a long time now. Yeah, and, you know, she, talk, she had talked about it. I think that I saw an interview today or yesterday. Uh, she talked about when she fought for the title, she – she was sick, you know. She she had some problems going on, um, you know, and she's healthy now. She looked, she looked great. We had weigh-ins, like she looked like she didn't have any issues. Usually, she looks, yeah. she looks like she struggles to make that weight. Um, she looks like she's got that down now. Yeah, and we were talking about really, you know, it's hard when somebody's their first time down a weight like Misha, right? Yeah. Because you don't know how that gas tank's gonna hold up. One. And you don't know what to expect. Like, you've been fighting maybe bigger, slower people, right? You've been fighting people who, you know, your gas tank is it can be full for 15 minutes and you can grapple, right, for 15 minutes. And if Mish Tate put, tries to tries to put the takedown on her, put, you know, put her up against the cage, and it, Lauren Murphy's a physical, physical woman. If she tries to do that, she might burn. She might blow, her, blow out of steam real, real fast. I'm kind of oh, thinking yeah. of a. Remember when Cejudo fought? What's his face? Went down to fought him, and also when Frankie Edgar went down to fight for a title right away. So yeah, you should. I don't believe they should get a title shot right away in that lower weight. They have to fight somebody else. You know how they're going to react to that weight. Well, I mean, Misha's had a couple of fights at 125. I think she's one and one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know she lost her last fight. I believe she won her debut. At You're freezing, Jay. You want to get back on the bicycle and fight. That's just the sad thing. Like Dallas said, you know, if you're gonna if you think you're gonna pin Lauren against the cage and she punch you in the mouth five or six times, Lauren is a physical specimen who is going to rough you up. So I mean, this is a tough fight to call because Lauren, she has been churning on all cylinders ever since the really since the ultimate fighter appearance. And, you know, she's always been a tough night at the office anyway. But really, since the move to Houston, she's been a different ball game. And, I mean, you know, now, and it's like, look, yes, yeah, she had a tough night in the office against Shevchenko, whether it was an illness or whatnot. Look, I'm just going to say this, and I love Lauren to death. I've always loved Lauren. Shevchenko has that effect on a lot of people. Valentina makes a lot of, lot of females look normal. She makes them look, she makes the toughest women alive look. You get what I'm saying. She, yeah. she, yeah. makes, she makes them look tough. She makes them look secondary. And Lauren, like a, 
Mayweather when he fought Arturo Gatti. Arturo Gatti's a good fighter. All of a sudden, he was like a nothing. You know, it was one of those. Oh, yeah. Arturo Gatti was a legend. Mayweather picked him apart. Lauren Murphy is a bad, bad, yeah. bad mofo. And, you know, Lauren Murphy is a tough son gun. And, you know, Shevchenko picked her apart. That doesn't indicate anything bad about Lauren Murphy. That tells you how gosh damn good Shevchenko is. Shevchenko is pound for pound, female wise, one of the best in the business. Well, I'll say, I'm not going to say one of the best. Well, I could say one of the best that's ever done it. Yeah. And there's a reason yeah. why. So, you know, I, I you know, so, the, but as for this one, no, look, I mean, I think Murphy, I got to give it to Murphy. I think she takes it home because I think, you know, I think she's just got a little bit more tools in the shed right now, especially that, you know, and she's driven. She wants this fight. She wants that showcase win. And, you know, not that Misha doesn't. Misha's always hungry. But right now, I just think it's Lauren's time. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we look at careers, I mean, we've been around the sport for a long time. You see, you know, you see the peak, you see the rise, and you see the peak of careers, right? Some Some careers can take a decline and then, pull a peak back up, right? Maybe by going down a weight class or by changing a few things up. But most of the time when you see, when you start seeing the decline, right? I mean, it, it's hard to bring that back up, you know? And, uh, and with Misha, you know, and she, she's, she's getting a little older now, you know, she's, she's a mom. She's had, you know, a, a couple children, right? Like, I mean, it's, I mean, that, that gives you something to fight for in her eyes. Right. But, Oh, that doesn't necessarily mean that she's has the heart and the will and the drive and the desire as somebody who who's doing this day in and day out, and that's that they're trying to be Misha Day, right? Well, you you brought up that's a great point. You brought up she also took, if I'm not mistaken, two or three years off. You yeah. know what I mean? To become a mom and to to live the life outside of MMA, which a lot of people do, man. This sport it, it will knock you to your knees and. She felt like she had accomplished everything she set out to accomplish, and she walked away. Yet she still had that insatiable hunger to do it. She came back, and she moved down a weight class. But, you know, the thing is, this sport has changed a hell of a lot in those two years she walked away. I mean, so, meanwhile, while she was gone, Lauren was doing the damn thing, and she was making that grind happen. And, look, I mean, mothers are some of the toughest mofos alive. Believe me, you're going to be a tough human being to be a mother. You really do. Lauren's one herself, though. Lauren is a mom herself. Yeah. So she, you know. You're breaking up, uh, Jay. We got Danny just arrived as well. Danny boy. What up? Hey, it's Loudon Swain's doppelganger. <laughs> hey, what did I tell you? I told you he was going to say that. <laughs> I called that like three days ago. You always do that. That's the funny thing is when I actually met Matthew Modine, this guy gets on my post and the post of the picture. He says, see, you, you've known me for a long time. It's just like, you know. I met Shooter a few a few months ago at the NCAA wrestling. He was cool. He's Now he's on Stranger he's Things, cool. uh, loud and swing. <laughs> yeah, I've actually started watching it because of him now. So, you know, he, he actually got me to watch the one show I refused watch well let's go ahead and introduce him he's a gentleman he's a scholar and if vision quest were to actually get released this man would play loud and swain he is danny mother effing hilton he's in the house he's the only human being that could make pink or purple shorts look damn good to fight what's going on my brother that's right that's right what's up dude how are you hey living this this, this american dream we all have man what's been going on 
Not much, man. Just been, uh, I've been switching it up lately. I'm just doing the boxing thing now. So I've just been doing that. Well, um, you know, I'm going to allow Dallas. To, I know Dallas, you, he's got a lot of questions to throw to you. I've, I've did the loud Swain thing to you. So Dallas, fire away, my bro. I mean, look, you, you, you went down the boxing road. You've been talking about it for a long time. You finally made the switch, right? Yep. You moved into the boxing realm. You got a couple of couple of pro boxing fights under your belt. How do you feel in there? I feel way better. Like I should have made the switch ten years ago. Um, I, it's it's in MMA. It's so much more nerves. I feel so much for me, anyways. Um, it's just like a breath of fresh air. Like I'm still nervous, but it's nothing like. Um, it's like I'm. It's like I'm finally having fun, and that's part of. And, and that was always been part of your issue. And we've talked about it on here many times. And me and you've had this conversation a billion and six times, right? Yeah. I mean, every MMA fight you ever went into, you were your nerves were always trying to get the best of you. Dude, it was bad, bad. I'd want to like run away before <laughs> the fight would start. Go take an injury, or something. So I broke my ankle. Be like, Edwin, break my finger. <laughs> that, that was funny. When, when I boxed, like, the pre-fight physical, I always hoped my blood pressure was too high. I'm like, let it be too high. Let it be too high. So I wouldn't fight. You know, I was like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they let me fight. I bet my blood pressure was so high sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that doctor liked you, so he, <laughs> he let you go. <laughs> we got the, the same doctor who let uh, – my, my, Michael Bisping fight with the one eye. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, we'll move on from that one. <laughs> so where are, you, uh, where are you training at? Who's your coaches or training partners right now? Um, so we just opened up uh, a new gym here in Prescott Valley. Um, it's called – we have the Grind Boxing, but they did a um, – it's a nonprofit now. And so it's in this huge facility where they have, like, two hockey rings they got volleyball that we have like a like a forty thousand square foot space or i think maybe even more than that we have a full-size boxing ring everything so it's right by my house so that's cool if i need sparring i can either go to phoenix or um i still um want to go down to the ds training camp in indio one of my friends from there he's going to be coming up this weekend or next weekend i think um to do some sparring with me so still just kind of like doing what I can, but it's cool to have something here now for me. And, and no, you hosers, not that Diaz camp. Although I know. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and if they want right. to see and if, oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, not Nate, Nick Diaz. Um, way better boxing uh, at the Joel Diaz training camp. Yeah, Joel is definitely famous in the boxing world. Yes. Yeah, I mean, multiple, multiple champions. Yes, tons. I mean, I can't, I don't even, at any given day there, he probably has five world champs in there. So, yeah. Look, I'm going to bring something up that Jay brought up earlier and me and you talked about. I see a lot of people wearing pink now. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a little upset by this. I, I believe, I believe you, you should have had this trademark. And now everybody's yeah. doing it. I probably should have, but, uh, you know, everyone knows who the real – the real MFR is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, good <laughs> point, good point. What'd he say? 
Brett the Hitman Hart. Man Hart. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with you, man. You did it in MMA first. Keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brett. Okay, yeah, you got to give credit to Brett. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. They weren't really fighting. <laughs> true, true. Pretend fighting. That's fake. You did, it, you did it in MMA first, though. You brought it to MMA. None of these other posers. Yeah, exactly. And some of these guys wearing pink, I see them in old videos looking at, you know, spying on what I'm doing. And now they're trying to wear pink. I'm not going to mention any names because uh, <laughs> I'm beat for that. But, yeah. Uh, so what do you know about your opponent? Um, <laughs> what's that? What do you know about your opponent? Coming um, up? To get the shit beat out of him. Uh, <laughs> that goes without that goes without saying. Um, he's from Texas. I know that he's not as handsome as me. I know that. Um, that goes too. I mean, that's about it, really. <laughs> that's all I know. So let, let me ask you this question: Then you made the jump. You do doing the boxing thing now, and uh, there's a variety of politics that goes on in MMA. Boxing has had its own variety of politics over the years. So, uh, what would you say the biggest difference between the two is in trying to get fights? I'm probably pissing people off. I think boxers are way more protected than MMA as far as. So yeah. a boxer, it's harder to get fights because boxers won't fight you unless it's a for sure win, which is shitty. In MMA, we all just fight each other. You know, there's not, we're not all protected. I mean, a little bit more now. Um, like when I was coming up, I just fought everybody. But like, I couldn't get a fight for two years, try to fight anybody. Um, the only people that would fight me were guys that were like seven, eight and oh, and two weight classes above me. You know, anyone that knew for sure that it was going to be a mismatch. Otherwise, they won't fight you. I think a lot of it is, is like, losses mean more in boxing than MMA, it doesn't, you know, like, you could have, like, five, almost 500 record and still be a big-time MMA fighter in boxing, you know, doesn't look good. Yeah, like, I uh, I have a whole new, like, meaning of the word bum, you know, now, like, because <laughs> these, these people, like, some of these these fights, I'm like, dude, where did you find this guy? And these guys are 6-0, and oh, but they've literally fought dudes, like, like fresh out of high school like they've never you know what i mean it's just crazy like yeah they just like they took him right out of the bar on, at buffalo wild wings on a fight night and we're like hey fight this dude exactly so, you just, they just passed you, like the physical to get in there and it you know took a le week of boxing and, and just all of a sudden you got a pro fight you, you yeah. remember that game mike tyson's punch out back in the day mike tyson's punch out was yeah. that your time or is that like I, no i just play i have it at my house right now <laughs> okay, it's like they pulled a bunch of glass Joes out of their ass. Yeah, like times five. It's like literally they took ca taxi cab drivers and, you know, but uh, no. Well, it's it's, it's famous for that. Yeah. It, it's not all that bad, but it's just uh, that's the biggest difference, I think, is um, it, it's harder to get fights that way. Well, what, promotionally speaking, you know, you're signed right now under Sweet Science, yeah? Yes. And you've been, what, you had you had a, a four or five fight deal at, with Sweet Science? Yes, I got a five fight deal with Sweet Science. Promotionally speaking, is it easier that way? And because when we, when we were doing MMA, it's you were hopping promotion, promotion, trying to find a fight with somebody. It was really more about trying to find the person to fight, right, as opposed to the promotion to fight in. 
is it easier to be, I mean, is it just a little bit more, I guess, weight off your shoulders to already know that you have somebody to, that's there to promote you? Totally. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to hit people up. Hey, when are you going to have a show next? You know, moving, you know, right now I, I know that when they have a show, I'm fighting on it. It's, uh, and, and to be honest, I think Sweet Science is probably one of the best promotions, MMA, or, well, I've only worked with them boxing one promotion boxing but so far it's one of the best promotions i've uh, ever worked for and i'm not just saying that because i signed with them but that is the reason why i signed with them because i liked how they did things yeah friends with their family like i know uh the, um beat on all them and his mom and all that miracle cool. jose yeah. and yeah. that is a positive though because you know that's that's the, we all know how the mma avenue works it's it's chasing people down and you know, hey, hey, man, what's up? What's up? And you don't know if there's going to have one show from one minute to the next. So at least as you've got some level of consistency, even though you're fighting a glass Joe, possibly, you know, I guess yeah. you take the good with the bad, you know? Yeah. I'm talking to your nose right now. <laughs> All right. Oops. I got to fix that up here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when's your fight? How do we get tickets? <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Friday, August twelfth, and uh, I, I have a link on in my bio on my Instagram, which is Danny Boy two two two, but it's D A N E Boy two two two. You can also, I, I would just hit me up for tickets. I can send you a link, or I have physical tickets. I'm going to be actually at Tailgaters, um, but I'm sure this won't be out by then. But I'm going to go to Tailgaters right now um, for a bean greet. And uh, I'll have tickets there. And so basically, there's just hit me up and I can get you tickets to the link. Otherwise, um, you could go on the website or you could go to uh, Finley Toyota Center, too, if you didn't want to use me. Nice. Now we get, we get back to Jay's uh, nose hair. Yeah, let's yeah. get back. I've been trimming mine, too. It's tough. I, I was just trimming mine. The older you get, it's the worst. And my ears, too. <laughs> Yo, do me a favor, Carlos. Take me off camera real quick. I got to do something quick. Okay, <laughs> gotta pull it. Yeah, I gotta pull this fucking nose hair. <laughs> <laughs> my you know, nose messed up my camera. I'm getting like my ears care right here. I'm cutting it. It sucks, man. Older you get, I don't know if you other if you guys have experienced that yet. I get, I get a little bit. I get a little bit. How, how old are you now? You're I'm, about. 30 I'm 35. Now? Starting to get yeah. a little risky. A little bit. A little. Quit it. Christ. Oh, we're all getting guys. old. Jesus. I remember the first time we brought you on the show, it seemed like yesterday. Now we're all old bastards. What the fuck? I know. I know. I'm like a fine wine, though, lately. <laughs> None of us ever age, man. None of us ever age except my nose hairs. <laughs> yeah, right. You look at me and Carlos. We're the ones We're the ones age right. We got the Sean Connery <laughs> look going on. Dude, uh, you, I'm saying. you look like the bad guy in kindergarten cop right now. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I, I love that movie, but it's been years. <laughs> Holy shit! I might be that guy in kindergarten. This, this is why MMA fight fight coverage is the best. We got Loud and Swain's doppelganger and the cop from the kid from guy from kindergarten cop on the same damn show here, man. That, that's what makes this the best. I just remember he had a big old bony tail, like the whole the whole movie. You know that that kid in the movie's like 35 now, 36. I met him like a year or two ago. It's crazy how old the movie is now. That's crazy. The kid who said, you know, oh. the, that famous line. What's that famous line, Carlos? I don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> what's that boy's <laughs> have, have Don't, don't like put, him on, don't put him on the spot like that. Don't put him on the spot like that. You'll fry his brain, man. I don't even remember that shit. 
canceled for that these days. So. Oh, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But it was it was a funny classic line. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, we we can't get canceled, damn it. We're just getting started again. Come on. <laughs> they can cancel me all they want. <laughs> oh, yeah. So all right. Yeah. I haven't talked to people in Michigan. Never mind. What have you guys been doing? What have we been doing? Yeah. Well, you know what I've been doing. I know you've been doing. Don't act like you haven't talked to me in a while. Well, yeah, I was talking to these other jabronis. (laughs) Man, I I just got out of taking my kid to see the damn Minions movie. You know know, know the dream I've been living, bro. (laughs) That shit goes. I got a bone to pick real quick with the whole Ortiz over there. What I do um, this time. So I'm so I'm not the asshole that's in trouble with you for a change. Not, that's awesome. Not this, Let's go. Not this time. I'm sure you'll give me something to make fun of you about there, spellbinder. But right now, for <laughs> tea. Okay. Go. So he calls me and he's like, oh dude, I'm on my way to fucking or uh, to freaking uh, MGK. And I'm like, oh sweet. <laughs> like, dude, you can come if you want. If you're in town, I live a hundred miles away. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. He had, he said, I got an extra ticket that I'm not using. He could have hit me up maybe two hours prior and been like, hey, I got this ticket. If you want to come? What it, what it no, was, no, it was no, like... Uh, he'll fucking hit you up 15 minutes before. Hey, want to come? Fuck no, out of people here. People cancel last minute. 75 miles. People cancel last minute, and then I'm like, I'm trying to find somebody to go, but I don't know if they're in town or what. So it's like... Who, who, I'm like, who I think would like this kind of event? So that's why I'm hurrying up, you know. But now in the future, I know. Like the coolest concert in the world, probably. It was cool. A lot, a lot of uh, good-looking girls there too. It w- it was fun. Yeah, oh, I bet. I bet it was. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Way to go, Carlos. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Sorry, I apologize. No, it's all good. Really burned that one. I yeah. I had to hear about it for like two days. Yeah, I called Dallas and I was like. I'll, you'll never guess what just happened. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I said, you know, Carlos does that. Carlos gets a couple of Jack and sodas in him, and next thing you know, he'll call you last minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I, I think I was buzzing there. I went to concert with you once too, Dallas. Who, who did we see? Um, we saw, we saw Tech Nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I was hammered. Get some oh, yeah. tickets again. Let me know. Okay, we'll do. Here's what you can do. You want me to piss you off, Danny? Let me come commentate your fight, and I'll fuck your last name up after you win like I did the one time. Yeah, would you call me Danny Tremini? I, I was fucked up. Can we, hey, I don't remember. Or no? I, I, don't, I don't remember shit. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Tremini or some shit. I was yeah. trying to make you an honorary Italian for the night. What can I say? Yeah. The one time I, like, win a title ever, no. <laughs> and... He calls me. He calls my name wrong. Announcing Danny Tremini for the title, and that's the only time in my life I ever fucked up somebody's name. Like I, I completely oh, yeah, that's the only time. Yeah. Where, where was that's this like, one at? I think I was at that fight. So I remember one I, time. It was it. It was at Jody's fight. Uh, what is it? A fucking. Uh, it was at some. It was up in Prescott. Duel for dominant. It wasn't duel. Okay, uh, I think it's duel. duel. It, hey, duel. it's cool, man. I got the rough belt after that, and they got my name right. So don't worry about it. <laughs> They got your name right. The best commentator got it wrong, but the schmuck commentator got it right. So who gets yeah, it? Yeah. Hey, I should have called you loud and swain, and uh, just been done with it. Uh, yeah, that would have been cool. You could have called right. me the spellbinder. The spellbinder. <laughs> you remember that Michigan one? Man. 
Oh God, yeah. yeah I remember that one for sure. Spellbinder. Did you too? <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, we got you got a big fight coming up, man. I'm excited for it. Is there any way that we can watch it if we're not in attendance? Is it going to be streamed? Yes. So Flash Media, uh, or yeah, Flash Media Sports is going to have it um, uh, streaming. Trusted cool. And then, how time do we got? We we have a bit. So as long as you oh. want. Okay. Anthony's cool. jumping on a little later than we thought. So. Nice. Okay, cool. I just at the end, I want to. I got some sponsors. I want. Yeah, so I was gonna. I was gonna mention that too. It's a big list. <laughs> oh God! Whenever you want to mention them, go ahead. Oh, cool. I will right now. So get it over with. I want to thank Forty <laughs> Productions. I want to thank uh, Kimberly Marsh Photo, Scottsdale Auto Upholstery, High Valley Electric, uh, Nirvana Dispensary, Alvarez Tire, Blue Collar Customs. Uh, Grayling, Buffalo Wild Wings, Vallejo Dental, Mike uh, Nache at State Farm, Cloud Slingers, Western State Communications, Avatar Tattoo, uh, Tim Realtor, Copper State Paint, Jen's Cafe, and uh, not this Jay Boski, but this other Jay Boski at Adima's Corporation. And uh, I also want to thank um, uh, Vape NATO, too. And Alvarez, first sponsor in the show, uh, Nick Alvarez. He's the man. And, uh, yeah. That's an impressive list. So do you <laughs> get free food at some of these places? Buffalo Wild Wings? Okay. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you guys, these youngsters coming up, they need to really uh, step up their game, dude. Because uh, <laughs> they, well, they look. Have... I think they a lot all, of this they have, they didn't all have Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> to help them out. Yeah, I will say that Dallas, uh, when he was my manager, he uh, he helped me out. I was a Padawan, a young Padawan then. But now, now I got this down. Not to mention, I, I wear lots like of It sounds like you're the highest paid no-name fighter in the world. <laughs> For real, dude, I'm like the Conor McGregor of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gracious. I'm telling you. A yacht, I got a paddleboard, but <laughs> hey man, paddleboard still get you there. No, but yeah, dude, um, that's what we've been talking about with like flash media sports and stuff, and just like how I mean, some of these kids, dude, they they expect all these all the sponsorship money and all this fame, but they don't go out and they don't market themselves, they don't know they don't know the right ways to do things, and not only it's not only them, but you know, some of these shows don't know either. And I just I look I watch some of them and I laugh like I'm just like dude you guys get together. Yeah, I don't want to mention Jake Paul, but I was seeing some recent interviews like Roy Jones and some other people are talking. One thing he's doing well is when it comes to marketing himself. When it comes to you know fighters aren't doing that. No, no, Jake Paul's the man at it. He yeah. he's got down, but he knows. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's just some people don't get it. And uh, this is a business and. You know, because you can't rely on some of these promotions to get you paid. So you got to get, you got to find other avenues. Not only that, yeah, but you say, can't rely on these promotions to pay you at all half the time. That's what and I'm if saying. They do, if they do, it's about five, six hundred bucks. Where's that going to get you? Exactly. You know what I mean? So you, you know, and it's all, another way for amateurs to, um, to make some money. And, you know, and people see that. Bigger shows see that. Oh my gosh. Like the guy, he has 10 sponsors. Everyone, he sold 300 tickets for this show. Like, 
that helps. People want that. They want you to fight for them if you can do that. And so you got to make yourself marketable. You know, it's big. Well, I'm from Jersey. Sell so it. if they know you sell tickets at casinos out there in Atlantic City, they would want you on the card. Oh, yeah. Being right. Yeah. And, that, and that's how you do it. And if, if you don't want to get taken advantage of, then sell yourself the right way because then you can have negotiation power. Well said. Ain't that the truth? That's right. I learned it all from that guy over there. I mean, look, there was a reason why every time Danny fought, even if it was two hours away from his house, there was a sea of pink in the crowd. It didn't matter where he fought at. There's always a sea of pink. There's always a Danny's mob somewhere. And it's because it's just marketing, man. You know, you're if you don't market yourself, who's going to market you? I don't understand this idea either, right? And I mean, we I have this conversation with people who are fighting at the highest of high levels of, of MMA and are mad about how much money they make. And I'm like, dude, like it's it's your it's your own fault that you don't make that money. Like you have the platform to make as much money as you want to make, but you're just not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no and there's no reason for that. You're you're blocking your own shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I think I make about as much as like um, a mid-level UFC fighter in sponsorships. Nice. I bet you you make more than them in sponsorships. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially now since that deal, maybe not before, but like right now, yeah, I definitely make more than probably half of you know half of UFC fighters and sponsorships. I've seen some of this stuff and I'm just like, what? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of top tier fighters fighting in places where all sponsorships are wide open that don't make close to as much as you make. You know, they can have any sponsor they want. Yeah. And yeah. Just don't like do one it. or two sponsors. I think it's just, uh, you know, like the bar's set low right now. People don't want to work. They just want it all to come to them. They don't want to go out there and do it. They don't want to do the footwork. They don't want, you know, I think a lot of people are lazy or just divas. And you got to you gotta go out there and make it happen because no one's just going to give you. No one's just like, I mean, maybe it might happen, but rarely someone's be like, hey, bro, can I just give you five grand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you got to be a hustler, man. You were a hustler. You have been a hustler for years, dude. It's, you know, you just had to. You just had all, – all I had to do was point your hustle in the right direction. Dude. That's all That's all it came down to. Yeah, if, if I ever end up opening up my own show, my own promotion, you guys better – everyone better watch out. <laughs> well, I better be getting free tickets. <laughs> you, oh, you will. You will. You'll be working with me. Paying. I ain't paying to come. <laughs> I would never charge you. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, well, well I'm I'm excited for that. I know you talked about it in the future. That I hope you do, man. I, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, there's there's room for it. You know, there's room for consistency, right? I mean, that's I think that's the biggest problem with promotions in general, anyways, right? Like, there's no consistency. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's different, man. That's why like boxing has been a lot better, um, so far. Like dealing with, um with sweet science has been compared to like everybody else, like easy. You know what I mean? Like there's always ups and downs and stuff like that and promotions, but so far, like, man, like it's been super chill. So I'm, I'm happy. Sure. 
I would box for anyone else unless I had my my own thing. So how far do you think you could take this boxing thing? What are your do you have any immediate goals or long term goals, or are you just taking it five by five? I'm 35. I'm not putting the. I, when I was younger, I put all the pressure on myself. Like if I lost a fight, I'm not going to make it to the UFC. I don't care. I would like my goal is to put myself in a position to maybe fight for a title or or get a big fight. You know, like I want to get. I want my short term goal is 10 fights. If I can make it 10 fights, I'll be happy. If I can make, uh, you know, get a a good money fight too, I'd be happy. Um, but. I'm not really like worried about things. I don't not like, man, I have to do this or I have to do that. I just want to have some fun. Um, hopefully get a, a strap and then I could bow out happy. You know, I, I don't, I'm 35. I'm realistic. Like, don't get me wrong. I still work hard and I still plan on fucking or beating up a lot of people, but <laughs> sorry. Um, no, you could curse. But, uh, you know, um, I just want to be realistic with it. I just want to strap and maybe, you know, some money in my pocket. Nice. That's good, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I I I saw your first couple fights. Um, you know, you you definitely look more relaxed. Like it's like it's more your thing. I know that you you seem to be a lot happier as a human being, not having to worry about getting held wrestled yeah. <laughs> for fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sucks. And uh, and I wish we wish you all the best, man. I'm telling you. You've been a, you've been a friend of mine for a long time. You've been Thank a friend you. of this show for a long time, and uh, you know we we always we always wish you the best, and we'll be here hey, to support you for anything you do. I always appreciate you guys, dude. You guys you guys rule, man. It's always fun coming on here. I I give you guys a bunch of shit, but it's always <laughs> it's always fun. You know you know I care about all you guys. Thanks, you too. Yeah, the Jay Bosey left now. You can say whatever you want about him. <laughs> he should oh. be coming back. Maybe he's I don't know doing the bathroom or something. <laughs> Like well, like what you said, I, um, me getting wrestled. I think, uh, I I think the age of the fighter is gone. Like like I was. I think I was a fighter, and now the athletes are taking over. And with my body type and boxing, it's just way better suited for me. Um, these athletes now, like I watch some of these MMA shows now, and some of these amateurs, I'm like, damn. Like I wouldn't want to mess with that guy, you know. And so, yeah. I, some of these dudes are just freaks. Yeah, and, and the injuries too, right? I mean, you you train in MMA all the time. Injuries pile up. You know, you, you get to be 30, 33, 35 years old. You just get tired of grappling. You get tired of doing that. Stuff. I'm more sore I mean, It's hard. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, it's just, this is so much better for me. A lot less injuries. Yeah, I still get injured and I still get beat yeah. up. Nothing like. And, and I'm comfortable, and, like, it's it's hard. In MMA, it's hard to train hard with MMA gloves and train yeah. for that. Then you So you train with boxing gloves, and you get in there, and the distance is different. Everything's different. Right now, I'm training for what I'm competing in. And it's and so when I get in there, it feels normal. It feels like another Saturday sparring. So, you know, I, I have nerves still, but it's just, dude, everything about it's better for me. Like I said, I wish I, wish I would have started earlier, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Well, also look out for Danny. Danny does murals. Danny does art too. I got a bunch of it at my at my other house. You, as you guys have seen, um, look at it. what's your what is it? Danny Boy murals. Yeah, but I got locked out of that account on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm 
stuff's on just my regular ones. So my fight stuff and my murals. And uh, and uh, who was it? Shout out to Mike Beltron, uh, right? Uh, the ref. He wants yeah, yeah, he's awesome. stuff, but he but he never he never hit me up. So uh, yeah. but uh, no, all my murals are on my my regular Instagram page. I do all kinds of cool stuff. Like, there's a nice, nice little there. I'll show you this. This one's pretty cool too. If I can. I might not be able to. It's a virgin praying mantis. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> and then this bad boy. And then when you turn it, the lady demon. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So, but, uh, nice. yeah, so I do a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, if you guys are looking for art, hit me up. I'm doing this sweet uh, veteran mural right now um, at U.S. Vets uh, in Prescott. And it's a huge flag and an eagle and uh, two uh, – Soldiers saluting. It's pretty cool. Nice. As a vet, I Rock flag and eagle. Has it been what? And that was just, that was always Sonny reference. Don't, don't mind no, me. I, uh, uh, he well, asked me something. No, I, no, I said, uh, as a vet, I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate thank appreciate you. Um, Yeah. So yeah, man. We we appreciate you coming on, man. We appreciate you uh, being flexible with your times. Oh yeah, yeah. stuff. And, you know what I mean. And, I got uh, you, man. Knock them out for us. Best of luck to you. I'll be watching. Yeah, um, we should do a follow up afterwards. Have me on after I beat this dude up. Sounds good. Yeah, you gotta bring. Right. You gotta. You're gonna have to bring the uh, the clips so we can play the clips. I need All right. the clips. I'll be badass. Slow mo. That's what's gonna be. <laughs> yep. So, Thank all you. right, well, man, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Word up. Appreciate you, Danny. All right, bye. Hey, Dallas, I'm going to take a, a few minute break to use the bathroom, drink water. Anthony is coming on in about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs>